El Zona del Silencio. Just 25 miles outside of Ceballos, Mexico, lies an area of 1,500 square miles of inhospitable desert. It boasts temperatures that reach 120 degrees Fahrenheit in the day, all the way down to freezing at night. The area is surrounded to the east by a large mountain range. It's known for the unusual amount of meteor activity and odd floating orbs of light, right? What desert isn't? It also shares the 27th parallel with its equally eerie comrades, the Bermuda Triangle and the Great Egyptian Pyramids. So naturally, it's a hotbed of supernatural occurrences and unexplained phenomena. Hence why I chose this topic. Duh, duh. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. So the area has always been known to the locals as an area of odd happenings, if you will. Could be all the meteorites that have fallen there, but I'm just saying. The zone has no paved roads. So right? So running through the area, only dirt tracks. The first time anyone really became interested in the Zona de Silencio was back in the 1930s, when a pilot, Francisco Sarabia, would go down flying while over the zone. As soon as he entered the airspace, his instrument panel went crazy and then stopped working altogether. The zone interfered with the entire aircraft. He was forced to make an emergency landing in the middle of the zone and found that when he did, none of his radios or equipment worked. Lucky for him, he was eventually located and rescued. But the same cannot be said for so many other people who go missing in the Zona de Silencio. The area has been known to interfere with radio and satellite transmissions as well. And guests who dare to venture into the area are advised to try to avoid it if possible. You know, going through that exact zone that allegedly interferes with signal, you know, they say, don't go there, don't go there, because that really, really deters people from going there. (laughs) I'm sure no one wants to go there now and see what happens, right? But they say if you are going to enter the zone of silence, then to take all the water and supplies that you can possibly carry. I think anytime you go on a hike in the desert, that's that's not a bad idea. Um, so any compass taken has reportedly stopped working, and instead it just spins in circles. You know, like a movie. I would love to see that. That's one thing that I would I would have to test. If I'm going to go to the zone of silence, I'm taking a damn compass to see if that bitch spins in circles. Which, you know, that could be magnetic pull, different rocks, metals in the ground, whatnot. We'll get to all that shit. Anyways. So, yeah, because many blame this on the zone's magnetic field, okay? And it's interesting that this is a very common thing for the other areas, like the zone, right? Like the Bermuda Triangle, uh, the pyramids, other areas like that. In 1964, the oil company, uh, I guess it's Pemex, I guess Petroleum... Uh, Mexicana, I think is what their abbreviation is for. I think it's Pemex. Uh, they sent Mexican engineer Harry de la Pina to map out the area. He was supposed to see if it was possible to run a pipeline through the area, but his team was unsuccessful, apparently because none of their radios could work, which makes great sense when you're working over that long of a, of a stretch of land. 
uh, you kind of need to be able to communicate. So Pena was the first person to call the area the zone of silence, um, obviously due to the issues that he experienced communicating in the zone. He also discovered that the dead zones uh, did not appear to be in one fixed spot, but instead would move around in the zone and therefore could not be mapped. So don't get me wrong, it's not impossible to get a signal in the zone of silence, but there are like these patches. The only issue is the patches move. Where you were able to get signal yesterday, you may not be able to get signal today, and so on. So another weird anomaly of the zone is this trio of people. Okay, there's, there's this trio of people, there's these three people, and they're often spotted when someone is in need of assistance, and then they're just gone. They are known to frequent a ranch in the area, and when they do, all they ask for is water to fill their water bottles. When they were once asked where they had come from, they very ominously replied, from above. Um, and of course, this is according to who, right? This is according to the one person they spoke to. And they could have just been, they could have just been fucking around. They could have just been, maybe they don't want to tell this guy where they're from. Right? I mean, why do you want to tell... Just because you need water doesn't mean you have to tell a stranger where you're from, where you live and stuff, you know? <laughs> or maybe they're just like settlers that just live out in the desert and they just wander the desert a lot. And um, they stop in and get water there because they know those people are friendly and non-hostile. And, you know, they're there for people when they need them. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I know. So the locals say that they speak perfect Spanish and are always very attractive and they're very charming and very polite. So I, and also in the accounts, uh, there are two very tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white men and one blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman. And they are always dressed in attire um, very inappropriate for the desert. When I first heard this, I thought of like Fred from Scooby-Doo, right? I'm like, it's Fred and like his twin brother, Ted, and then like their sister, who is like really close in age to them, right? I just, I don't know why, just the, not only the way that Fred from Scooby-Doo looks, but also uh, the mannerisms. You know how Fred is like perfect? Like these people seem perfect, right? They're so perfect, you just want to slap them. You know, they're like that perfect. <laughs> Shaggy's my guy, you know what I'm saying? Shaggy's my dude. And I get down with Velma too, and Daphne as well. But Fred, come on, Fred. Just fuck off. I'm just kidding. They need a good leader. Everybody needs a good leader. Uh, so, yeah. So, I imagine uh, you got two Freds and a blonde Daphne walking around out in the desert. That's how I imagine their attire. <laughs> so, uh, so here's, here's an example from a real witness, okay? Not just me bullshitting. Um, according to one witness in 1975, he and his partner were out in the zone collecting rare rock samples when a sudden rainstorm started. They tried to drive out of the zone, but ended up stuck in the sand and sinking. All of a sudden, they saw two men approaching in the rain. They were wearing matching bright yellow long coats and matching caps. They offered to help the pair out and push the car free from the sand. But when the man looked back to thank the gentleman, they were nowhere to be found, which was odd as they were in the middle of a flat desert. Um... Yeah, I guess, kind of odd, but also I think these men would also want to get out of the rain, right? And how far can you see in the desert uh, in the middle of a rainstorm like that? I don't know. It just sounds, 
It just sounds like bullshit. Was there really anybody? I, I don't know, right? It's just so many of these, the specific situations, the specific uh, testimonies, there's always just one person there or maybe two people. Maybe if I heard these people speak, I would be more likely to believe it, right? It's easy to read text on a page, regardless of how true it is, and be like, this is bullshit. Who wrote this? Where'd it come from? Right? What are the sites? What are the sources? So I understand. I understand completely. So moving on, we got lots more weird shit to get to, okay? So, of course, there have been tons of witness accounts of light, right? We always see this in weird areas, especially in the desert. Uh, mainly orb-shaped ones floating over the area or disappearing once it entered the airspace. This is a lot. This reminds me a lot of Skinwalker Ranch. It's very popular in areas like this. Um, one of these particular strange lights did turn out to be something once. After numerous people witnessed a blinding light coming from the zone, some saw it fall out of the sky in numerous pieces, and it was thought to be meteors. Maybe one meteor that broke up. So, then at this time, all of a sudden, the U.S. government rolls in and starts building a temporary base around, quote-unquote, something in the area. They dug up whatever they were looking for, loaded it, onto trains, and just as quickly as they showed up, they tore down, and they were completely gone. Turned out to be a U.S. test rocket that had gone off course, and it crash-landed in the area. The missile was fired from Green River Complex in Utah and was supposed to land in White Sands, New Mexico. However, upon re-entry, the missile malfunctioned for quote-unquote reasons unknown and overshot its intended landing zone. Instead of White Sands, New Mexico, it landed over 500 miles south in the zone of silence. The missile was known to be carrying radioactive Cobalt-57. So, you think they got all that shit up? <laughs> yeah, of course they did. Um, on the other hand, completely unrelated to all that uh, radioactive stuff... The zone is home to odd plants and animals, right? Uh, things like animals that grow two to three times the normal size or the abnormal amount of albino reptiles. That could also be attributed to this. Who knows? Scientists do say that the area has very unique biodiversity. It's home to 75 species of protected animals, including the desert tortoise. Some of the local tortoises apparently started growing triangular shapes on their shells instead of the normal box shape pattern. Although, again, I couldn't find anything to back these claims or pictures of turtles with triangle shapes on their shells. So, yeah, a picture didn't happen. Uh, there are plants that grow in colors or patterns uh, that are not usual for the species. It's been proven that the zone has plants unique to the area about in about 31 different species that only grow in the zone. Crazy, right? So some of these, some, some species that grow in other zones are unique when grown in that zone, and then there are 31 species that only grow in the zone. I mean, I feel like when you're talking about a desert, that's a lot of different plants that only grow in that zone. That's a lot of plants. Um, so there's also high amounts of fossils in the zone. Uh, it's, it's as if 
it's has always been a place for life to thrive. <laughs> Ironically, in a desert, uh, the people of the area were apparently tested and found to have better and healthier blood than the average person. Although there again, there was no proof of these studies anywhere at all. So take it for what you will. Uh, many people claim the zone helps couples who are having trouble conceive children achieve their dreams. After many failed attempts, couples claim to have visited the site, done the deed, and have become pregnant afterwards. One witness in particular claims she conceived both her children in the zone after years of failed attempts. So, can't argue with that. I don't know how many people have to come forward before that is uh, looked into. That's interesting right there. Uh, some theories are that the area has high levels of certain minerals that interfere with satellite and radio activity, and the zone is known for having very many rare minerals in the soil. Another is since the area attracts meteorites and it's covered in space debris, the minerals in those rocks interfere with signals and maybe even cause weird lights. So, more recently, a man named Hector Alvarez, his diary was shared um, to conspiracy theory websites, of course. He worked as a park ranger for the Mapimi Bolson Biosphere Reserve. I hope I didn't uh, butcher that name. Mapimi Bolson Biosphere Reserve. If I did, I'm going to butcher it twice there. Uh, which includes the Zone of Silence, since it was added in 1979. He allegedly was documenting the odd experiences during his graveyard shift. Alvarez had reported strange lights, odd flying objects he saw at night, um, and he reported these to his superiors, but they just told him, don't worry about it, so he started documenting the events himself. One entry recalls how all the computers in the facility had turned on and started playing white noise very loudly over the speakers. Hector attempted to unplug the machines, but it had no effect, and then just as suddenly as they'd come on, they all just shut off. Maybe Hector unplugged the wrong cord. Just throwing that out there. It has to be asked. Um, the next day, a technician was called in to look at the computers and found that they had been burned up, as if they had been exposed to high amounts of heat or radiation, possibly. Hmm. Hector's last diary entry came in March of 2013, and supposedly this was the last day anyone saw him, although his car was found still in the parking lot at his work. So, he was never seen again. And although the only actual mention of this Hector person I could find was on, like, Creepypasta, an online urban legend short, st short story. So, not sure how much you want to put into uh, Hector's accounts or existence altogether. So, I got to put that out there as well. And of course, one of the most logical explanations would be that this is all a way to attract tourists to the area. Most believe that it's all urban legends made up and spread to attract more attention to the area and increase the local economy. And I think that just makes perfect sense. It's all about money. It's all about money, right? I feel like I can go right down the list um, of everything that happens in the zone of silence and, and just mark it off, right? Just like old... Skeptical Michael from True Crime Guys just writing off all the shit that is bullshit. That's what I'm that's what I'm weeding through. That's why I want to get these things out to you guys. Right? The radio signals? Okay. 
Yeah, I can explain this. Have you ever uh, went into the middle of a fucking desert before? Could you call anybody? No. I mean, Red Rock Canyon, a very popular... Uh, there's a Red Rock State Park. Or, what is it? No, it's a national park um, in Vegas. That place, it's, it's public land, right? It's a public park. You can go out there. But guess what? You can go out there far enough where you ain't making no damn phone calls. I don't care. You got Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, all of them. I don't care who you got. You ain't making no phone calls out there in Red Rock Canyon. That's just how it is. The zone, the zone of silence is way further out than that. <laughs> like from, from, you know, civilization, from a metropolitan area. Of course, you're not going to have any radio signal. Right? And then the high meteor activity, there is no proof. I looked into this. There is no proof that the area has any more meteor activity than any other area on Earth. There's no more. They just they just all chalk it up to that one event where people spread the nonsense that that crashed rocket was a meteorite breaking up and falling and raining all over the place. And so many people believe that because they saw it from a distance and they never got an explanation because the government didn't want anyone to even know about it. So why why would they tell everybody, hey, don't worry about it. That was just us crashing a rocket somewhere. We didn't want, you know, 500 miles away from our target. No big deal. Oh yeah, your house is <laughs> it's just a few miles from here, but it doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> Imagine people freaking out over that. It's like you, mispl- you misplaced a rocket by 500 miles. You could have killed somebody. A lot of people. But anyways, I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, as far as the people, the three people that show up, the blondies, I think they're, I think that's made up. I think that's just bullshit. These blonde people probably visited a uh, ranch one time, maybe twice. They were tourists. Maybe they go on a hike. Maybe it's one of the things they like to do. Maybe they like to hike through the zone of silence. Why is that so weird? Um, and maybe they don't hike often, or maybe they have just a different, a different attire, a different way they like to dress in the desert. You know, some people think, oh, they're they were wearing a trench coat and and a hat and all and all this in the desert. And I'm like, yeah, that that's actually not a bad idea. You kind of want to hold that sweat in um, and keep the sun off of you as well. So I don't think that's such a crazy uh, a crazy clothing choice, but whatever. Um, what else? What else is left? Hmm. Let's see here. What else can I debunk? Um. Oh, the couple that got stuck in the desert, right? They didn't see the storm coming. All of a sudden, it started pouring down rain. Now they're stuck in the desert. Well, you know what? This couple was looking for rocks. So this couple was looking at the ground for probably ninety percent of their time while they're out there. Probably very focused and digging and looking and cleaning and seeing what things are. They probably didn't even notice that there were other people in the desert. Because you don't think other people also know that there's cool minerals and rocks and fossils and shit to be found there? They probably know that as well. They probably saw the rain coming. They saw these people get stuck trying to pull out. They ran over here. They pushed their car out and then ran away. It's like, like I said, it's people can get up on you in the desert faster than you think. Just because it's flat don't mean that don't mean people can't get up on you quick. There's all kinds of ways of getting around. I don't know. And that, like I said, it's just it's just one testimony, just one testimony from one person. So who knows? But that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it with the zone of silence. Um, to be completely honest with you guys, I was a little bit let down. I thought there was going to be a little more proof to this. But on the plus side. Definitely look in a little bit more into the plant and animal life that thrives there. It is, 
It's amazing. It's an amazing place. It really is, regardless of what you think about it. Um, if I got the chance to go there, I absolutely would. I don't believe it's a dangerous place in any way, shape, or form. I just want to go to see the the crazy plant life. And if you Google image uh, zone of silence, it's beautiful. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. I mean, obviously, there's no big trees and whatnot, but it's a beautiful place. There's a lot more green there than what you think, and uh, apparently there's a lot more life there than what I thought. And uh, that is, that's something cool that came out of this. It's always fun to look into these areas and see what is special about them because they don't get these, they don't get these legends and folklore without something, something special, something unique about these places. That's why I always consider them. I consider these cases. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope this, this type of topic still interests you um, in some way. I know it's not a murder. I know it's a, it's not life or death. It's not somebody getting away and getting away with some kind of injustice. Um, but I still find these fun. These are a little bit easier. And also, uh, you know, sometimes I need a, I need a break from true crime as well. So this gives me a chance to dive into something else and, uh, kind of use it as my own palate cleanser, if you will. (laughs) All right, guys. So that's my take on the zone of silence. Let's check in with Lauren in this week's Lauren synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained, Mexico's Zone of Silence. Love studying this one. Love to think that on this planet of ours, even through all of the ages of brilliant scientists and philosophers that we've had, there's still things here that are unexplainable. Like this 30-mile deserted patch of land in Mexico, 400 miles south of El Paso, Texas, which seems to cause so many problems when people go through there. Um, seems to me- mess with uh, all kinds, all of our lines of communication, radio frequencies, even satellites. Um, it was discovered back in the 30s by p- a pilot named Francisco Farabia, who was flying overhead, and all of a sudden his plane's mechanics, its, uh, uh, its transmissions started going haywire, and he had to do a, sort of a crash landing. And uh, then it was rena- it was named um, after Harry Delapino in 1964 went through the area um, when he was hired by an oil company to go see if a pipeline for oil could go through there and discovered that him and his team had no way of communicating while in this 30-mile patch of desert because their radios were not working at all. Um, and that, that's when Harry gave the place its name, Mexico's Zone of Silence. But that doesn't even begin to... to you know, put an end to all the weirdness that goes on in this place. Um, there's supposedly this strange trio of people that wander around and seem to appear out of nowhere, two men and a woman, all with blonde hair, which is obviously out of the norm in Mexico. They speak fluent Spanish beautifully, um, and they're always dressed inappropriately for the area, for a desert. They're dressed in, you know, like a cold weather attire, it seems. Um, long robes and whatnot. Very weird. You would think it would be uh, an apparition or some sort of an illusion, um, but several people claim to have had run-ins with these these three people, and they're extraordinarily nice. Um, and when I guess when one person asked where they came from, they said from above. 
Um, and all they want is water, apparently. They don't, they're not asking for anything else just to fill up their water bottles. I thought that, you know, at first I was thinking this is some sort of an illusion. You know, you're out in the desert, you're hot. It's, but how could this, how could multiple people see the same trio of people? Maybe it's a folklore that people have passed on. But also it's possible they're Mormons that have stuck around the area and have some sort of a bunker that's hidden. And then, you know, and they're obviously bored. They're out there in this play area where there's no communication. They're not on Twitter or watching Netflix. So they see, you know, everything in this sprawling desert. And, and when people come in, they wander over. It's possible. That is possible. Um, then in, there's some, the weirdness continued in 1970 when the U.S. launched an uh, Athena rocket from an airbase in Green River, Utah, which was supposed to land in New Mexico. Instead, it flew right past New Mexico and landed in the 30-mile zone of silence. Um, kind of weird. Uh, that, that that seemed to be drawn. Things seemed to be pulled into this area, much like the Bermuda Triangle. Um, then in 1975, two uh, fossil hunters named Ernesto and Ernesto and jo Josefina Diaz went to the area to hunt for fossils. They got distracted and didn't realize there was a flash flood coming and got stuck in the mud in their car and trying to get out of there. And then two men appeared out of nowhere and got them out. Was it the two men from the trio? Uh, you would think that, that, that that's possible. Once again, they could be, how many people can see these people and them be an apparition? I don't know. Um, there's also a bizarre amount of meteors that seem to crash in this 30 mile area. And I think that's, where this all comes from. I think that it's possible that millions of years ago, a meteor shower hit this area and there's tons of magnet. There's like a magnetic field now from all these underground mineral deposits that are ages old. Um, and also scientists believe there's, it's that there's a high level of magnetite, magnetite and uranium that could also be responsible for the interruption in radio signals. So, man, it sounds like a fun place to visit, but also you would, you're definitely going to experience some weird stuff if you go there. But I guess that's what you're looking for if you go there. Um, like I said, love knowing that this stuff exists. I don't have an explanation, and that's what this is about. I, I, I think it's, I think it's possible the trio exists, and like I said, they're they're Mormons that are still hanging around, and they have some sort of a, either underground bunker or like a hidden layer somewhere out there. And um, it, they, like I said, they're bored. What else are they going to do? So when people come into the area, they come to see if they need help or anything like that. I think that is possible. It's also possible that it's just legend that's been passed on. Um, and as far as the, the, uh, unexplainable radio frequencies and, uh, satellites not being able to transmit there, I think that definitely has something to do with the, the, uh, levels of underground mineral deposits there from all the meteors that have struck there. Um, so yeah, it's a cool thing. Um, I, I had fun studying it and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed my thoughts and, uh, see you next week. The Mormon theory. God, it was right in front of my face. How did I miss it? It's definitely like a trio of Mormons going around out there, just sticking their head out of the sand every now and then. Who can we help? Then they go back home and put their blonde wigs back on the, the coat rack and have a few laughs to themselves. I don't know. I mean, it's just as plausible as anything else we've thrown out today, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The zone of silence is a weird place. Uh, I think we can all agree on that, and uh, yeah, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Though I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a danger. So if you get a chance to check out the zone of silence, check it out. Let me know what that thing is like. But in the meantime, I can tell you something I like. I like 
appreciating listeners who appreciate this show. Okay? You get that appreciation right back. Like all of you amazing people who go and leave a review and write something so I can see it and see who you are and be inspired and then give you a shout out on the show, which I'm about to do right now. So you can go leave a review at iTunes or on, I think like on Podcast Addict, on Stitcher, Uh, But iTunes, Apple, if there's some way for you to create an account and leave a review and subscribe on iTunes, that's one of the best ways to help the show. Uh, But wherever you listen, don't really care. Thank you. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Jinko152. Said, came over from TCG and loved this podcast. Michael's a great host and gives great insights into the cases. Uh, Love the music. Really need to come out with a true crime album. (laughs) Plus, Lauren's synopsis is a true banger. Thank you. Thank you very much. but Jinko152, man, you gave me a one star after that amazing review. I, I, the only reason I read the whole review is so people could see that you actually, hopefully, didn't mean to give me one star. Because you gave me like five fire emojis, which to me means more. Um, but I, I'm just kidding. I don't really give a fuck. Great review. Thank you so much. Um, also, Tired Lady Mail Carrier left a five star review, said, Very entertaining, down to earth host. Came over from TCG, and I'm not disappointed. Just finished the Skeleton Boys episode. Well, that was a great one. And I couldn't get enough. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Also, a five-star review from PSD300. Said, awesome true crime podcast. Love the way that Michael delivers all the facts. And, of course, Lauren Synopsis. Another viewpoint. Um, Let's see. Mommy2DC. Left a five-star review. Said five stars. is an understatement. Thank you so much. I found this podcast from True Crime Guys, and I absolutely love this podcast as well. I switch back and forth between the two. Michael goes in depth into cases that are super interesting, and I have the Lauren Synopsis song stuck in my head a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, that 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 definitely happens. Uh, the Lauren Synopsis song was yeah definitely one of my favorite jingles that I have ever created. Um, yeah, I think one day when I am... You know, when I'm too tired to do podcasting anymore, I think I'm just going to write jingles. It's going to be awesome. Just going to be sitting back. What do you need it about? Okay, cool. Yeah. How long? About a minute. Perfect. I got you. I'm your jingle writing guy. (laughs) Like, my idea career is like whatever the fuck Charlie Sheen did in Two and a Half Men minus the alcoholism. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right, guys. Um, I love you guys so much. Hey, listen, patreon.com slash S and you podcast. If you want to support this show, that is the number one way to support the show. Patreon.com slash S and you podcast. Oh, speaking of, I want to give a shout out to two amazing patrons that have joined in the last week, Tati and Chelsea Swisher. So thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, you have no idea what that means to me. Being able to do this for a living is phenomenal. And thank you guys so much. Like I say all the time, you guys are the wheels of this podcast, you Patreon members. Um, but like again, I also want to thank anyone who listens, subscribes, and wants to leave a review as well or shares on social media. Uh, you guys can make posts, tag me at, at SNU Podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or you can follow me on Facebook, Strange and Unexplained. Um, or if you go on True Crime Guys Facebook, you can find links there. Or also on True Crime Guys, any True Crime Guys social media should have links to SNU Podcast as well. Oh, and if for some reason you love this podcast so much that you want to wear its logo on your body, you can check out some of my merch at truecrimeguys.threadless. Sorry, I almost forgot my own plug there. truecrimeguys.threadless.com. 
If you look underneath the description of this episode and every episode, you will see a link to it. It says merch, and it's got the exact URL address that I just gave you. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, take you right over there. You can get you a uh, sweatshirt, a hoodie, a t-shirt, a sticker, uh, a mug, a face mask. You know, if you ain't got the vaccine yet, might be a minute. Might need, might get you a face mask while you wait. Right? All right, guys, I'm done rambling. I'm out of here. I got shit to do today. Thank you guys for listening as always. And I will see you next week with another strange and unexplained case. So remember, be strange, but don't you dare be a stranger.